looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Pass the Post. Sunday, the 26th of September, we passed the post yesterday up in Toowoomba. That was the Metropolitan Meeting, but, of course, all of the big focus is really on the south. It was Group 1 Golden Rose Day at Rose Hill Gardens. We were back at Rose Hill. It was Underwood Stakes Day at Sandown for a change, and, of course, we raced in Adelaide at Morfordville. Ben Dorries, I see you're not dressed for the Dubin races today. No, I'm pretty casual today, Dave. I'm unless, pretty... unless they've changed to a beach party theme. Pretty casual kind of guy, really. Yeah, I'm pretty casual kind of guy. Speaking of casual, I didn't go to Toowoomba yesterday. Did you go? I didn't. No. I uh, My uh, colleague, uh, Trenton Akers, um, he went up there. He'd never actually been to the races up there before. He sent me a few pictures of the press box and he quite enjoyed his day, I think. It was a sellout crowd too. I watched Zaki in the studio here at Ann Street. I watched Animo go under when I was getting a prescri- prescription at a chemist. And I watched uh, w- w- Wobbity win the Tourma Cup when I was getting my first drink at the casino. All within half an hour. Wow. What's a, some sort of day from you? Just, such, uh... as, such as technology. You can move around and watch all the races on the tab app and enjoy all the excitement. Still lost my money. There. <laughs> Sounds like you had a more interesting day than me. I was watching them uh, at home with a couple of young kids screaming at me. So that, was, <laughs> that was my Saturday afternoon. Let's get straight into action. We'll go to the group ones. Let's go to the Golden Rose. Animo, of course, was all the rage after he won the run of the Rose lead up at Kembla. And he was a dominant favourite, $1.90. Here's the replay. In the Congo, racing at a controlled speed, turns in front from Remark, then Coast Watch. Now Animo still about six off the leaders. Moradin went via the Cape and in the Congo has plenty in the tank at the 300. In the Congo, beat off Remark. Coast Watch goes to second, then Tiger Malay. Animo, he's four off the lead, winding up. It's in the Congo in front from Coast Watch. Animo, is he running out of ground? In the Congo in front. Animo trying to go toe for toe. In the Congo kicks and in in the Congo won the Golden Rose from Animo. Coast Watch in third, followed by Artorias. Then Tiger Malays from Star Tontes. Captivant at breakback to Jamea, followed by Giannis. Then Royal Zell Halal. Remark did the chasing, has finished second last, and Moradin wobbled on the turn and has been eased down. In the Congo, staving off Animo. Animo really never looked like he was going to get him. In fact, the closest he got was at the end. But in the end, it was all about in the Congo, sustained speed, barrier to box. Yeah, absolutely. And probably the, the way the track was playing yesterday um, played in that horse's favour. But you can only um, do what you can do. And he, he keeps going out. I mean, he wasn't unfancied in the market yesterday. He was $7.50. It's not like he was 20 to 1. Um, but punters, I reckon, have taken a, a bit of a while to warn to him. And uh, be interesting to hear what Adrian Bott says. He, he shapes as potentially, if they can keep him going, a, a terrific prospect for like a Coolmore stud stakes. Well, what is the plans for him? But we'll talk about that, but we'll talk about yesterday as well. And a great segue because Adrian Bott is on the line, of course, in a training partnership with Gay Waterhouse. Adrian, before we talk about anything, congratulations. It wasn't just in the Congo yesterday. Vangelic won on Tont 1, Queen of Dubai won in Melbourne. There was a winner at Goulburn. Must have been one of your best days in racing, I'd suggest. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, good morning, guys. Thanks for having us on the show. Um, yeah, d- d- delighted with the day. It's... Um yeah, fantastic. Obviously, uh, you know, plenty of planning and preparation, hard work goes into getting him there on the big days. And, and even on the day, you need a lot to fall your way. So we're fortunate that for, for all those runners, it did. So, yeah, it came together in a, in a great way. Ben made a good point about in the Congo. He said before yesterday, he'd had five starts, two wins, three seconds. 
One of those seconds, I think everyone on the track thought he'd won. The other run, he was unlucky. He could easily be unbeaten in five, but he always seems to have that underrated tag about him where he doesn't gain the the glamour like an animo does. Is that a fair comment? Oh, yeah, well and truly. Um, look, I, I, I guess sort of whether it's his sort of on, on, on pace pattern, um, you know, I, I guess he you may never look to have the same sort of brilliance, say, in terms of sort of turn of foot of, you know, some of those those types of, as an animo. But what he does have is um, plenty of speed and plenty of sustained speed. And, um, yeah, that's his, his attributes. He's obviously got a great constitution and will to win to go with it. And as you said, sort of he's, he's won, you know, some, some, some good races. And, and even in the races where he's been beaten, it hasn't been by, by much at all. Um, so... He, you know, he's, he's done very little wrong in his career, so you can't ignore a, a, a tough horse like that. But I, I guess I understand sort of people's perspective as sort of you know, why they're always trying to look for something to, to, to beat the, you know, beat the obvious there. I must admit, uh, Adrian Converge was the one I had penciled down uh, to, to keep an eye on from Yule Stable uh, for spring. Obviously, he's gone down, uh, he's gone by the wayside now for spring. Um, but what, at what point did you realise this guy that, that won the Golden Rose yesterday that he was the real deal? Like, was it uh, is it just been regionally, or, or was it was it early on you, you sort of had a very high opinion of him? I always had a very high opinion of him and obviously thought he was a well above average horse and you know, certainly a stakes class horse um, sort of when we were running him, even sort of before he ran through the winter, just sort of went chin sore early, which is sort of why we didn't see him, you know, as, as a younger two-year-old. But, um, you know, through the winter, he, he showed the promise and then... Um, but, I, but I must say, he, he's probably scaled to the heights a bit quicker than, than what, I thought he, what I thought he would, just sort of going off that... Uh, early early career, um, a couple of runs. He, he just sort of was putting it all together. And um, but yeah, the, the, the way he's improved every time he stepped out in, in, in this preparation under some good tests. And yeah, you know, with that pattern, it's sort of hard to go out there and, and run those types of races and just keep fronting up week in week out and keep in, in, improving off them. So um, yeah, he's been incredibly tough. And yeah, I, I guess I have been, you know, to an extent, you know. Um, surprised or impressed by, by by the level of improvement he has taken each time we've sort of raised the bar for him. I want to bring Gay in at this point here. Um, trainers like to play to horses' strengths, not their weaknesses, and this is typical Gay Waterhouse. You're part of that. Now, you even go back to her father, TJ. Uh, on speed, let them use their strengths, and I think Gay was adamant that in the Congo as a is a, a high-speed horse who can roll along and just keep rolling along at a good tempo. And I, I think she might have said to Tim, that's the way to ride him. Yeah, she, she certainly did. And, um, you know, they're the conversations we sort of had before the race. And, you know, when we're sort of just assessing it and speaking with Tim, you know, um, sort of convey our thoughts that we think this is sort of how it's going to work into our favour. Obviously, sort of talking about those, you know, a couple of brilliant horses behind him, some well-performed horses that do have some great turn of foots. Well, you know, we, we don't want to be you know, just playing the race in to, to set up for for them. Um, and, and I guess that's sort of where you know, Gay's experience is, you know, really comes in, in, into play here as well because, you know, I, I guess the, it, 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 the safer option is to just sort of try and get a, you know, a, a nice easy time there. It takes sort of probably, a, you know, a, a fair bit of confidence to be able to sort of say, you know, in, in, in the big group one race, you know, in a high, that's traditionally a high-pressure race, you know, stretching out to a, a trip that you haven't done before um, to sort of say, just go out there and try and run them into the ground. Um, yeah, so it takes a bit of confidence and experience to be able to sort of know when to 
when to do that. So uh, you know, it's um, you know, it's great having Gay on 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 board to sort of help help make those calls and, and decisions. Can you give our, our listeners a bit of an insight into how it works with you and Gay on race day? I mean, we see Robbie sort of tweeting pictures of Gay having a champagne after the races and then stuff like that. But obviously, we don't see her at the races. You're front and centre at the races. So I mean, are you are you. Do you have the earpiece in? You, you talk two or three times a day as a training partnership when, when you're there and, and she's obviously not with, with the COVID protocols and what have you. How does it actually work on race day? Yeah, um, oh, look, we're, we're speaking constantly. So um, I guess sort of, you know, before the, before the days unfold, we sort of go through and just sort of discuss what we think sort of uh, will happen with, you know, each of the runners, how, how best to sort of play out. Um, you know, the jockeys will, will sort of always touch base with, with Gay and the, um, in the morning as well before and just sort of, um, yeah, we'll, we'll convey what we spoke about. We'll see if thought, sort of they have any ideas differing to what we may have thought. And then, um, yeah, we'll just touch base again, mainly throughout the day before each run again, just to see if anything changed or we're monitoring the, um, you know, the track conditions, the, the way that the, everything's sort of playing. Do we need to alter the, you know, what we sort of set out to do earlier in the day? Do we need to be getting to different parts of the tracks, sort of the wind conditions, looking for cover, you know, all, all sorts of things we, we do make changes <clears throat> along the way, but there's sort of constant communication before and after each each run. She's, uh, you know, she she's obviously very competitive, gay, and loves being involved, and um, obviously loves her loves her racing. Um, so yeah, we, we, we she's uh, certainly in tune. You've woken up this morning with a Group One cult in your stable. I suppose the most important question, or the most interesting question that our listeners would, would want us to ask is where does this horse go to next? Because uh, am I right in saying that the Everest is not totally out of the equation? Yeah, it's not totally out of the equation. Um, look, we won't, we, we won't close the door on, on, on that just yet. Um, look, even, say, after his run in the... You know, the, the, the Golden Rose was never necessarily always on the, on the radar for him, but we kept an open mind. You know, we all thought it was just sort of keep him at the sprint trips and we thought 11, sort of 1,200. And then we sort of then, you know, oh, the run to the Rose came up and he ran well and we thought, you know, maybe the Golden Rose now, we, he deserves his chance. So, you know, we sort of couldn't find any reason why that horse shouldn't be starting in the, in, in the Golden Rose. We were sort of, I don't know if we were looking for excuses not to or, or whatever, but he just ticked all the boxes and, and had to be there. Um, you know, so I guess the same, we can sort of always keep open with the Everest. Is there, you know, some strong reasons why we shouldn't be going to that particular race? What are they? Um, you know, is he he's, he's come through it well, so that's a that's a positive thing. We we can look at these targets. Um, I wasn't sure at any point sort of was the fourteen hundred going to be the end of the road? Was this going to be the grand final? Um, always had the Coolmore is probably the, the leading next option for him. We just thought he'd be a terrific horse down the straight for, for that sustained speed. And um, obviously, with a top prospect, these you know Golden Rose and Coolmore are sort of two of the uh, biggest races that they can sort of hold on their uh, on their CV going to start, and that certainly uh, you know determines their their value and it's sort of what Henry and the Newgate team set out to achieve. So I'd say at this stage that the Coolmore's the most likely option for the horse if he's to push on. Um, you know, with a small window that the, the Everest could be a possibility, but a few more discussions got to be had on that first. Adrian, I suppose one thing that did uh, develop after yesterday, and we've sort of thought of in the Congo as a a front runner and looking at that 1,200. We've now seen him go to 1,400, a confident 1,400 yesterday because it was just outside the track record. I think, to be precise, he ran 121.46. 
So it sort of opens a few doors from a future point of view. I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about the spring, but, you know, uh, you would think that sort of performance with that sort of time that, you know, a mile is certainly not beyond him. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it'd be an interesting one to to look at. Um, I, I'm not sure whether we will uh, test that just yet. No. Um, but certainly the way that he's learning to race now and he's starting to put it all together, well, um, yeah, that... that that gives him a chance. Uh, his first couple of runs, he, he, he just sort of didn't quite know how to harness his speed and, 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 and sort of didn't sort of quite have that, you know, he wasn't quite seasoned enough. But now that if he's, you know, using that speed in the right way and then sort of in the mid-stage is sort of just travelling well and, and, and finding a better rhythm, well, obviously that opens up options to be to be stretching him out and trip eventually because I think he can sustain it. Um but just at times, sort of doing it the wrong way. If he sort of wanted to overdo it a touch in a, in a mile race, well, that'd make him vulnerable. Good on you, mate. It's always good to talk to you. We always appreciate your time. You're very generous with your time. Congratulations on, for not only Gay, but for yourself, it would be a, a very big day for you yesterday. Yeah, thanks very much for having us on the show. Adrian Bott joining us, uh, talking uh, principally about in the Congo, but of course, Vangelic was a winner. We'll go to the... Invitation, I think, and also a Golden Eagle aspirant on top won the staying race, the Colin Stephen and Queen of Dubai won in Melbourne. But uh, just before we go, we're going to just change path and go to Sand and Lister the Underwood. Um, you, you mentioned before, this has come up in conversation, a bit of bias yesterday at Rose Hill? Yeah, there was. It was... Uh, fence? Y- yeah, fence. Um, I'll tell you what was a terrific run in that Golden Rose, considering she drew wide and was back near last. Startonte is the Queenslander, mm. ran sixth. Um, I think uh, had the quickest, I, I could be wrong, but I think she had the quickest uh, last 400 in the race outside of Animo. So, um, you know, if uh, there was a pattern, which I think she was, she defied it to, to some extent. Rob Heath getting the connections of Startontes are currently weighing up whether to pay another late entry fee, this time for next Saturday's flight stakes. So it'll be interesting to see if they do that. Animo beaten. No one likes to, no one likes an odds-on favourite being beat. A lot of money lost, but wouldn't lose any admirers. Outstanding run under the circumstances. Yeah, I thought it was uh, terrific. And you know what? Like, she'd been... Uh, sorry, he'd been spoken about as a uh, potential Everest contender. I think he'd just get probably run off his feet, mm. perhaps a bit in a Everest. There's a lot of quick horses, and he's you know, very powerful. But uh, I think there's some uh, longer trips in mind for him. He's got a big race of lights. It's called the Caulfield Guineas. It's yep. just over the mile. Let's uh, t- change course, change path. We'll go down the Hume Highway, go to Sandown. Rarely races on a Saturday, but it was Group 1 Underwood Stakes Day, and Zaki on his way to the Cox Plate was a long odds on favour to take this very small field out. 600 metres to go. 50 stars joined by Zaki. A length away, Superstorm, who is three wide, and Oliver's getting busy. Probably right up behind those horses, leaving the fence. Then the chosen one down the dip at the 400 metres. It's Zaki on the outside of 50 stars, and now Williams calls upon the top horse, and Zaki strides clear. Two lengths, Probabil, and then Superstorm a gap, the chosen one, but Zaki lets down below the 200 metres. Two lengths, Probabil, and then Superstorm, but Zaki ridden out hands and heels clear and is going to be one of the shortest price favourites to win the Underwood. Zaki scored by two lengths Probabil. Superstorm the chosen one and 12 lengths 50 stars last of the five. Zaki's now $2 even money in the old language to win the Cox Plate on the 23rd of October. Annabelle Desham joins us on Pass the Post. Annabelle, good morning. Morning guys, how are you? 
Well, thanks. We've been talking to you for quite a few months now about this horse, and often you've been at the track and there's been nerves, but how was yesterday not being there, just able to watch it on, on television? Yeah, it's a bit different. I'm sort of getting used to it a little bit. Obviously, when Mulunga uh, ran down there a couple of weeks ago, it was watching from the sofa as well. So it was a shame I actually didn't have any runners in uh, Sydney yesterday because it probably keeps you a bit busier. Yeah. It's a long old wait. But, uh, yeah, it was actually, as far as it goes, watching, it was a reasonably comfortable watch. Um, yeah, still sort of pinching ourselves that, you know, we've managed to basically stumble across a horse of this calibre just in complete awe of him, really. Now, racing is absolutely littered with hot favourites um, getting turned over in small fields. Was that your main concern going into yesterday? Clearly you had the best horse in the race, but just that five-horse field, did you have a, a few sort of butterflies about that? <laughs> I did, actually, yeah. <laughs> I thought, I wonder if today, you know, if today's going to be the, the day that he's rolled. Um, you know, I know it's only a small field and they can be very tactical affairs and... Um, it, it was a good field as well, you know, I thought Superstorm and the Chosen One were brilliant in the Fian and Probabil, you know, she's an absolutely outstanding mare, so um, I was very respectful of them um, and, you know, I suppose I don't set the market, um, I'd love him to have not been so short because the pressure wouldn't have been on as much, but um, yeah, I suppose he, he got the job done quite easily in the end. They don't run many distances. Uh, they don't run many eighteen hundred metre races over that uh, on that track. Uh, the record's one forty eight. He was about a second out, but I mean, he had a very cruisy run up in front. Did you obviously you, you had a chat with uh, Craig Williams after the race? Yeah, I did. He, he gave me a call on his way home. Um, he was obviously really happy. Um, he said it just it worked out well fascinating pre-race you said Annabelle um, that the the intel from Europe really was that he would go better the Melbourne way of going than the Sydney way um, were there any sort of signs in that race to support that or I mean I suppose it was his, his first go in Melbourne so he's only going to get better yeah exactly um, look, I, I think he's pretty happy going either way um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's certainly not a concern for me I suppose just asking the obvious we go to the the might and power in a fortnight's time? Yeah, he'll go there. Um, that'll obviously, you know, Corpus obviously a tight track, so that'll be a good um, test for him and, and um, you know, probably a good practice for the Valley. Sandown's a big open track, whereas Caulfield's, you know, probably a little bit more like, like Mooney Valley. Um, so, yeah, I think 
you know, last prep, he, he enjoyed racing a fortnight between runs. He was fourth up into the Doomben Cup with two weeks between each. So um, I think that will suit him, and he looks like he's pulled up really well this morning. And uh, obviously he's a very talented horse, Annabelle. Going on what Craig Williams said post-race, he's obviously very intelligent too. I'll, I'll read your quote here. Uh, one thing that makes him feel so good is I think he reads his own form and he knows he's good. So he can read the horse as well. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he is, you know, the horse definitely has um, got a bit of, I suppose you can nearly say arrogance about him. Um, he does puff his chest out and, and strut around the place like he owns, owns it. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know whether horses know if, they, if they're... Uh, if they're winning or not, but uh, he certainly looks like he's a, a horse that's got a lot of confidence. Well, before Zaki, of course, we've got a bit more business to handle uh, in your neck of the woods in Sydney. Moanga's the Epsom favourite. Is he all ready to, uh, to go? Yeah, he worked really well yesterday, um, so he'll, uh, you know, obviously provided we're happy with him Tuesday morning in his work, he'll he'll accept for the Epsom and um, we'll have another horse joining him called New Mary and from the stable. Um, so I think should be double-handed in that race, and I think both will be great chances. You know, there's one day we're going to ring you, and we're going to say, when we come on there, gee, it was a bad day for you yesterday. That hasn't happened yet, though. Every time we ring you, you're just a winner all the time. <laughs> I'm not sure. You've only rang me on the good days, that's why. <laughs> well, you don't have many bad days. That's, that's the good thing. Once again, look, as, as we often say, and it bears repeating, we really appreciate your time, and uh, we're enjoying the, the Zaki ride as well because we saw him... So powerful up here during the winter. So we'll talk again soon, hopefully. Thanks very much, guys. There she's Annabelle Nisham, the trainer of Zaki, and um, no surprises, no tricks there yesterday. What about this, though? The tab, this is the the best act of generosity I've ever seen. (laughs) When I read it, I thought, maybe I haven't read this correctly, they paid out on Zaki for for the Cox Plate before a certain day. So I think it was midway through the week or later in the week. I wish they'd do that for me at Doom of the day. <laughs> I mean, I think there's five good things, and I've already backed them, Tab Fix. So if you're listening, Tab, can, can you pay me out? Because yeah. then I've got a good bag, and I know I can't lose. Yeah. That's some, a, but that's a great deal, isn't yeah, it? something for the punters, and then they've reopened the market, and he's $2 now. So, um, yeah, look, I mean... Gee whiz, it will be interesting to see that horse at Caulfield, won't it? You know, just... Mm. just a, I mean, he's just probably going to be too good again, but... It does present another challenge. It's that tight Caulfield track. Does this thing happen to you when you're watching Zaki? Um, you're th- thinking he, he... I'm not being down here. He should win by bigger margins because you keep remembering that Doom and Cup win. <laughs> yeah. Like yesterday, when I was watching it, I'm thinking, are you going to go further ahead? But when you look at the time, um, the time is very good. And, and the horses chasing him aren't slouches, Probable and Superstorm. And uh, I don't think he was, you know, he wasn't hard at him. So, you know, it was some said it was like a track gallop. I wouldn't be as he, he was a little fierce there, just for sort of mm. a couple of hundred metres, wasn't he? There was just a, a little point early in that race where you thought, oh, geez, he, he's doing it a little bit fierce here, but uh, not for long. Do you think he's a good thing in the Cox Plate? Oh, well, I mean, how can you say he's a good thing, I guess? I mean, the track could be, you know, it could be heavy, it could be fast, he could draw wide, mm. there could be something out of the box, but... I mean, it's going to take something pretty special to beat him, isn't it? Yeah. $2 in the Cox Plate a month out suggests that the Tam certainly think that he's a good thing and most of the other traders around Australia. Gee, it's 
They push over the Cox Planters when you've got when you've got the second favourite, very elegant at seven dollars. No, but you know what I love about this horse? He's a he's a poster horse, isn't he? You mm. could you could put him on your wall and go have a look at this, you know, like it and. And you know what? There's a million good stories in racing, lots of trainers, jockeys, but it's the good horses really at the end of the day that get people up and about about racing. And this guy is a bloody good horse. Hundred percent. Now, and what are we? Now, what are we going to do now? Are we going to go back to, back to Sydney, producer Paul? He's just sitting there with a blank look on his face. <laughs> Let's. Um, he hasn't, hasn't done it for some time. Doesn't, doesn't even know what day it is. <laughs> what am I doing in here on a Sunday? Let's go back to Sydney. Let's go back to Sydney, producer Paul. And we will listen to Vangelic win the, the golden pendant. Around the turn, Vangelic swings in front by three quarters to Nemily. Then came for two, Smart Busher in Trivier. And Forbidden Love coming down the outside as Nemily lays it down to Vangelic now. It's Nemily and Vangelic stride for stride. For two, is trying. And Trivier is slowly warming up. But Vangelic's got a great kick from Nemily, who's trying hard. Vangelic kicking from Nemily. Vangelic lit all the way in the golden pendant. Was able to palm off Nemily. And Trivier third in front of for two, Sicebar. Late, then came Mar Busher from Madame Rouge, Forbidden Love, and Papali. Well, Vangelic, it was it was shades of in the Congo, except Vangelic was able to actually slow them down. When I say slow them down, when you're running one twenty two fifty eight, you're not really slowing them down. But last six hundred and thirty three four, so it was a very moderate tempo. So you know that's more tempo related than bias. But I tell you what. That third horse in Trivier, she was absolutely outstanding. A lot of people thought that she might roll forward at the start. I know Paul Joyce said yesterday on Select Racing when he previewed them, and he thought she'd go forward and sit outside of Vangelic. That wasn't the case. She went to the back of the bus. So she made up an extraordinary amount of ground, and her sectional must have been outstanding. I thought hers was the run of the race. Yeah, I don't really want to talk about this race. I backed Nimalee for just about had the house on it, nine dollars or something. And I got oh, gee whiz, did a bit of work to get across from the barrier early. Well, you, were, you were fighting hard all the way down the oh, street. Come on, it was, a, it was a nervous watch. But on trivia, I totally agree with you. And of course, she uh, it was revealed um, on race morning that she was in season uh, going into that race. The, the uh, vets had a look at her, cleared um, you know her fit to start, but it was, uh, it was interesting. As soon as that announcement came through, she eased basically dramatically in betting and then got back in uh, in the final stages. So, look, um, absolutely, given the pattern of the day, um, no taking away from her at all. She was terrific. Tim Clark's having a great association with uh, with Botton Waterhouse. Uh, of course, he rode the treble there yesterday. We'll listen to one of their other wins a little later. Let's go to the gloaming. This is a lead-up to the spring champion stakes over the 1,800 metres. Here's the replay. 5.50 metres to run. Akahata just in front of Notions. Profondo stalking third. Then Subterranean from Arnakur. French Emperor then came Dark Rebel as they straighten up. It's Akahata in front from Notions. Profondo's travelling well under Robbie Dolan. He hasn't let him go yet. And Profondo moved up now to take the lead at the 2.50 but Head of State's into the clear and thundering home. Profondo and Head of State head and head. Toe for toe they go. Profondo and Head of State. Head of State might be gaining the up a hand, yes, Head of State goes on to win the gloaming, but a great race. Head of State just beat Profondo. A gap back to Benno or Allegren for third, followed home by Patton. Then came Stray from Notion, Subterranean Akahata, French Emperor Arnakur, or Machiavellian, and Dark Rebel. Good finish ahead of State. It took up to race nine for J Mac to win his first race. It was Coolmore's second win. They won with Home Affairs earlier. We'll talk about that in a moment. 
for the Chris Wallace stable and head of state betting home Profundo. Yeah, a big talking point to come out of that race was Profundo late. Um, you know, that expensive Richard Litt colt. Almost strange, strange things. Almost tried to throw himself over the, the running rail or something. It's just a weird action mm. just late in the race. I don't know whether he threw the race away. That's probably being a, a little bit over dramatic. Head of state may have won anyway, but uh, certainly some weird old racing manners there from Profondo late. We're looking back at uh, Rose Hill Gardens yesterday on Golden Rose Day. Our next replay is the Group 2 Shannon. So it's discharged in front for Jean Van Overmeer, quickening the tempo, now turning for home by two lengths and Archidemus. Love Tap is working into the clear, so it's discharged, swinging in front. Love Tap goes to second, then came Archidemus, and a further back to uh, Imaging is running on stoutly. It's discharged in front by a half to Love Tap. Imaging can't get there. Reloaders ducking and weaving behind them. Discharged still in front. Yonkers is powering home at the end. Discharged in front from Yonkers. Reloaded late. They hit the line. Yonkers! Yonkers got up right on the line there. I'd say to nail discharge and the fast finishing reloaded. Then love tap from chat. Further back to imaging who battled from Archidemus, All Saints Eve, Best of Days and Soldier of Love. How often does this happen? Peter Ty and Noel Greenolch and a host of others. Uh, I think Peter was at Longreach races yesterday. They had the $2.70 favourite imaging and they had the $41 chance Yonkers. What a surprise. Yonkers gets up to love win. To, love to know what they back. But this this was a significant win for a few reasons, but especially for Glenn Schofield, mm. who'd been out of the saddle. They returned recently. I think he rode a winner at Hawkesbury last week, perhaps. Um, but he'd been out injured, I think, since Boxing Day or about Boxing Day uh, last year. So the wily old fox, I shouldn't call him old if you're listening, Glenn, but uh, the wily fox, he's, he's back and has shown these young guns. Uh, he's still got a few tricks up his sleeve. Certainly has. The last replay from Rose Hill yesterday, we'll go to the, the listed heritage. And we just mentioned a home affair winning. Great front-running performance. Here's the replay. Home Affairs trucking along by a length and a half on Tri-State. Followed by Sword of State is caught deep. Vindication, the rails inside Maltai. Further back to Powell-Laley going forward, trying to get some cover. Then came a very fine red. King of Sparta's back in the field. Why, but improving into the straight now. And Home Affairs held together from Tri-State a length away. Then Sword of State, Maltai. Powell-Laley's trying to get into it. King of Sparta down the outside. Home Affairs showing a good kick. Tri-State wobbling under pressure. And Home Affairs has gone further in front. Paolali and King of Sparta can't get there, but look at Home Affairs go. I think it's fair to say there's the Coolmore Everest slot taken care of. Home Affairs wanted in a romp from Paolali. I think Tri-State just lasted for third in front of a very fine Redden King of Sparta. Then came over pass from Sorter State, Holstein. Miss Ostend and Vindication was last to finish. Home Affairs for Coolmore, Walla Rowilla, first up since the Golden Slipper and Times were generally quick yesterday, but one two sixty seven is a really good gallop, and he did it from start to finish. Yeah, and as Darren Flindell said there, as long as that colt's pulled up well, surely now a lock for the Coolmore uh, slot for the Everest, seeing as uh, he's part-owned uh, by Coolmore. There's not many uh, slots left, not many horses left, and the Everest field's really taking shape. I mean, the Wild Ruler won the Moya. Um, on Friday night has been you know, signed up for the Everest. Same with the Inferno, who ran second in the Moya. Libertini has been selected as well. Uh, unfortunately, she's lame, the stewards sort of revealed yesterday, but hopefully, uh, you know, she makes it to the race first up. And that leaves Godolphin, who've said right from the start uh, that tracking is their number one seed. And I thought tracking was pretty good in the Moya, running third, a little bit unlucky. Mm. Um, so really... Um, 
that's pretty much your Everest field. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I keep thinking it's it's a real quantum leap for these three-year-olds, early season three-year-olds, to go to a, a tough call like the Everest. But we saw yes, yes, yes do it. So there's evidence that it, that it can be done. And uh, you, you're probably right with home affairs. And I think, too, with Adamo's uh, performance yesterday, you know, you know, strong at 1,400, I don't think Paul Laley did enough there. It couldn't beat home affairs. So Tricky was always considered strongly. And I think you're right, too, that the run of the Moy was good enough to, to earn at the Godolphin knot. But that will all play out over the next few days. Yeah, just quickly on the Moy, what about my man, Daniel Moore, who we had on last Saturday? Hadn't won a Group 1 in 20 years, he's 37, uh, been trying all his life to win one, knocks off two in less than seven days. Good on him. I feel like you're taking a bit of ownership cr- credit for that uh, for that success. Yeah, no, not. You not. sure? <laughs> no, absolutely okay. not. Now, just to muck your head up, we go back to Sandown. <laughs> this has got to stop all of Where this. Where are we going next, Tassie? No, 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 Sandown. Uh, and producer Paul's got his finger on the button to play the Sandown stakes with Elephant the favourite at $2.35. Ziegfeld into the straight. 500 metres to go. Two lengths, Luna Fox. Elephant presenting. Cherry Tour Tony, four off the lead. The inside, then Romancer at Harbour Views. They've got to Ziegfeld. Elephant strikes the front early in the straight at the 300 from Luna Fox. Romancer's nice and close. Harbour Views runs up behind them. Cherry Tour Tony up on the fence at the 150. Elephant extends a length and a quarter. Romancer, then Harbour Views. Cherry Tour Tony. Elephant holding on, and Elephant wins. Elephant's first. Second romance, a third harbour views. Cherry Tortoni, Luna Fox hit it for fourth, and Ziegfeld last of the six. Well, was beaten a whisker in the Fiam by Superstorm, but uh, no uh, need for um, the photo finish yesterday. He was able to win. That's an outstanding prospect, isn't he? Six start, uh, sorry, seven start, six wins. Yeah, and he's um, going to have a shot at the Turak now, mm. the Group One Turak, and. Love the name, you know. You love a few quirky things in racing. I think he's named. I'm trying to remember the story because he he loves smiling and showing his teeth and looks a little bit like an elephant when he does it or something along those lines. I've never seen an elephant smile or show its teeth. <laughs> what about a crocodile? Have you seen I've them? Se- all? No, I've seen them with those trunks. And how'd you get hit by the trunk of an elephant? Yeah, wouldn't be ideal. I've been a bit remiss too. It's not producer Paul. It's presenter Paul. Right. Is he blowing up? <laughs> oh well, well. He's not blowing up, but the producer, producer Dale, is out the back there. The mantle was taken off him. Hasn't made any mistakes this morning yet. Let's go to the <laughs> Testarossa and putters on target here with Shalo. 600 metres to run, King of Hastings and be good to your mother. Sosie Bonner length away third. Hightail behind those leaders. Just a canter's making up ground on the fence. Ironclad and Newhart behind them. Shayu still second last. King of Hastings at the 350. A length be good to your mother. Just a canter the inside. Then Hightail, Sosie Bon, Newhart. Shayu still second last. Be good to your mother takes the lead. 150 metres to go from just a canter. Met Spectrum's getting out. Be good to your mother getting tired mid spectrum at Shayu. Shayu's flying. Shayu. Shayu's got up. Has literally dropped from the roof to win it. From be good to your mother or met spectrum in a thriller. Then a photo for fourth between just a canter. Also Goldfields, Newhart and Sosi Bond. Then Galaxy Raider King of Hastings got swamped high tail well back with also Ironclad. What a finish but the favourite will win. I've got to defer to my colleague there, Shayu's the pronunciation. She's got a fantastic first-up record, Shayu, and uh, Archie Alexander 
presenting it for that race. Obviously, we'll go to the, the, the big mares races, maybe like the Empire Rose. But again, another talent to emerge yesterday. Five wins now from nine starts. Yeah, I know there are a lot uh, bigger races and arguably better horses um, you know, in action yesterday. But for me, that was the win of the day. Mm. That was extraordinary. I know she goes good first up, but... She did set on. She would have been 100 to 1 in the run at one point. She was nowhere near them. And just uh, what about Daniel Bowman with Be Good to Your Mother, like the, the former Group 1 winner, looks to be back in some sort of form and look to have pinched the race, only to see this horse coming from the clouds. Gee, it was a win. Yeah, it certainly was. And they didn't go that hard either. It was a fairly pedestrian tempo, so it was always going to be difficult for show you, but uh, she got it done. She's a very, very good mare. So that was some of the highlights at Sandown and also at Rose Hill Gardens. We'll take a break here on Past the Post. Thanks for your company this morning. There's still plenty to come because we're going to have a big look at the big day in Toowoomba yesterday. This is Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Archer Park Racing had a good uh, week. Maximum output, one on Sunday, the Sunshine Coast. He's a promising type. Never missed a place first up, and Michael Carl rode him expertly. And then Funny Money, another one who's never missed a place, was able to win a Doombit on Wednesday. So the team's in form. Go to archerparkracing.com.au. That's the website. All of the horses that are available for sale, you can take a smaller share in the world if you like, or the biggest share in the world, doesn't matter. But they're all there for you in their backgrounds as well. And it's an important time because we're coming into the, the two-year-old racing season. In fact, we kicked off with the Pat O'Shea Plate at Clifford Park yesterday. I'm the first metropolitan two-year-old that will be uh, conducted at Doombin on Saturday. Well, speaking of Toowoomba, let's go to the, the sprint feature, the Wheatwood. And Apache Chase was resuming from a spell and was the favourite. 600 metres from the judge. You make me smile. Led the way. Tycoon Ace 3D pouring on the pressure. And Apache Chase is cruising through there in the middle. Followed then by Junction. Rhyme, Nor, Rhythm and Socks are gone. Tembo's mate has cluttered up in bad traffic. Followed then by Desert Lord who's looking at the extreme outside as they run the bend. 270 out. Apache Chase in front. Kicked out by one on Tycoon Ace. Tembo's mate. Tactical advantage. They're chasing Apache Chase and there's a wall flashing through. Desert Lords down the outside, but Apache Chase has won the Wheatwood. Apache Chase beats Desert Lord. Royal Hail or Snitz, followed by Tambo's mate not far away, and also Tycoon Ace. Rhyme nor Rhythm and Flasher, followed then by Soxagon. Tactical advantage, then came McEwen and Junction. You make me smile, and Red Steiner was last throughout. 11.79, and Apache Chase has. Yes, Apache Chase certainly did. That was another uh, black type win on the board for this very, very good four-year-old. Desley Forster is Apache Chase's trainer, and she's our next guest on Past the Post. Desley, good morning. Congratulations. Morning, David. Thank you. Did you think Apache Chase could win the Wheatwood first up yourself? Uh, yeah, wouldn't probably wasn't going to take him there just for the make numbers, David. No, exactly. But, but but put it this way, what I'm trying to say is this is never an easy race to win, even for a horse who's, you know, had a few runs in. To win the Wheatwood first up is the stamp of a very good horse. Yeah, exactly. I said last year we took Red Chase at first up thinking that he could win it and he just got beat. Um, as I said, I know it's only a 1,200-metre race, but it's like all the um, old trainers at Twomba said, it's like 1,300 up the hill. So it was sort of played into his favour. But yesterday, being 1,300, I know his first up record isn't that good, but he has been running in 1,200 metre races. And sort of to 
because of where his rating is at the moment, we've had to sort of sort of pick these listed race to start him off in. At what point, Desley? Um, I mean, you said post race the Golden Eagle is is um, very much in the planning. At what point did you did you start looking at that race and, and think, gee whiz, that'll be a nice race for my horse? Oh, uh, the Golden Eagle. Yeah. Uh, I was probably on the end. It was at the, when he went to the paddock after the Stradbroke. Um, yeah, it was always on the agenda straight after the Stradbroke when he went out, and it was always going to be the target. Interestingly, he's got a long way ahead of him, hasn't he? Because uh, here we are in late September. You'll run run him at Eagle Farm in a fortnight's time, then the Golden Eagle. But, of course, he's a Magic Millions graduate, so there's the summer as well, isn't there? Are you there? Yes, um, no, as I said, um, look, he's a pretty cruisy and um, you guys probably see him enough now. He's a very, I don't know, very, he's a very athletic horse and he doesn't need much and he's got a very clean-winded horse and he just does everything natural. So, look, races like the Golden Eagle don't come around that often. Mm. Um, that's sort of money. So he's only a four-year-old once. Um, his form around him stood up unbelievably. So he's probably, like... Entitled to give him a shot at those sort of horses. The 1500 is not an issue, and the set weights race. So he's got plenty of things going for him. So we may as well give him a crack. You know what I mean? That form, that winner form, does look terrific now, doesn't it? Obviously, Private Eye, um, you know, who won the Queensland Guineas, and you, you finished second behind, has come out and won in Sydney, and Ayrton, who you beat uh, in the Fred Bessers, has come out and, and won in Melbourne as well. Yeah, no, form's um, stacked up really well, and um, like even all the horses, like I. Fair enough, he got beaten in the Bog, but that form stood up well in Melbourne during the spring as well so far. Yeah, the form has stood up well. You see this horse every day, but but fair to say Jim Byrne has a great association with him. What's Jim's comments been to you about the horse physically and, and mind-wise? What's he been thinking of him this time in? Yeah, well, as I said, Jimmy rides him, comes in and he doesn't ride him much. He was riding him a couple of times once a week, but he got tipped off, so he's been barred from riding in work now. That uh, Maddie doesn't let him on him anymore. <laughs> um, so he, he, Jimmy was really impressed with him when he rode him a couple more than a gallop, and he said, "I think this horse has improved." And Maddie O'Connor rides him all his work. He said, "This horse has improved," and and we took him to the trial um, the other day, and we just Jimmy just come out and relaxed on him. He just switched off in the trial and and just picked up. Memento when Jimmy wanted to pick up Memento and he was a much more relaxed horse at home and doing everything really good. And you all seen that yesterday. He was sort of, wasn't the brilliant out yesterday and sort of got a bit tight and Jimmy gave him a dig to like that so that he doesn't get chopped out there yesterday and then he just come back straight under him once um, the leader crossed him. He just switched off and relaxed beautiful underneath him. Obviously, there's um, no problem with um, jockeys, trainers going uh, to Sydney, but uh, if you go down at the moment, you've got to do a quarantine period when you come back. Would Jimmy Byrne be any chance of, um, you know, going down to ride in the... Would he be prepared to quarantine, do you know? on, on would, is he in we the... have, If we have to quarantine for 14 days when we get back, the answer is no. Jimmy yep. won't be going down to ride in. Uh, Jimmy's already done a quarantine once before, and... Um, Jimmy and I have had this conversation when probably after the Stradbroke we discussed it. It was always our plan, and um, which is well known. Jimmy and I are very good friends. And no, Jimmy will not go down if he has to come back and do the 14 weeks, 14 days 
quarantine and motel room. Like, if it was different, like, if you had your two jabs, maybe it may change in five weeks. But I'm not quite sure. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. That's a good point you make, Des. This COVID situation, it's a day-by-day situation, changes all the time. And I think we're, we're not going into it, we're coming out of it. So you might be right about that. One thing I want to put to you, and I'm, I'm interested in your opinion, you've always only ever had a small team, but a select team. And, and, and since I've known you and since everyone's known you, you've always had a good horse or good horses in the stable. I remember one time there, I think you had Cylinder Beach, Dr. Bellucci, uh, Too Good to Refuse. They were all around at the same time. Apache Chase uh, has won the Group Three Fred Best, the Group uh, Three, sorry, the Group Three Fred Best, the Group Three Vaux Rogue, the Listed Daybreak Lover, now the Listed Wheat. But that's all in fifteen starts. Would you consider in your training career Apache Chase as the best horse you've trained so far? Oh yeah, he'd probably be up there with it, but just, um, he probably would be. Uh, probably ever never seen the best. Probably was sit on the beach. Was probably the best horse. Mm. Um, he's. Ability was probably untapped and he was only getting to where he should have been. And I said, Apache Chase is just doing everything. Um, probably going to see the best of him now. Yeah, no, exactly right. Champion Verse was, of course, another one you had too in recent times. Look, always always appreciate you joining us and uh, great result there yesterday. And we look forward to Apache Chase during the spring and the summer. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Good on you. Desley Forster joining us. And I think Apache Chase is a very, very good horse. Yeah, and just having a look at the tab's latest market on the Golden Eagle, obviously we're still a fair way out, but Apache Chase uh, is coming to $26 in a market that's headed by Mawunga at $4. Uh, I'm Thunderstruck at four fifty. and Rothfire, who's obviously got an Everest slot, um, but some chance to push onto the Golden Eagle is an $11 chance. When you consider that Apache Chase was a $6.50 chance in the Stradbroke, and he was the one out there doing it the hard way, I know he had the lightweight, so I take that on board, but he uh, he did he caught plenty of pressure, which you do in a Stradbroke if you're a front running horse. But I think that's testament to his ability that he was six dollars fifty in the Stradbroke, and obviously as Des has said and, and Berner said as well, uh, he hasn't gone backwards. And uh, you know, I think Desley sort of un- underestimated a bit. But to win the Wheatwood first up, that's not easy. No, not uh, And you know what? Like I'm not I'm not saying he was a sitting duck late, but he sort of sat outside the speed, and, and you know there was plenty coming late, and certainly didn't hoist the white flag. Uh, my old mate, Royal Howell, I thought ran well for third. Georgie Cartwright, he's riding actually in terrific form. Rode, a, rode the last runner as well. It was a good run, Royal Howell. Terrific run. How much did you earn for that? <laughs> About 20 cents. Third. 13,500. My shout for breakfast? I'd or? like to know actually how, what share you've got in there. <laughs> very, very little. Then I can define things a bit more just in working <laughs> things out. Let's go to the other big one, of course, the Toowoomba Cup. They approach the home turn at the 350 and Champagne Arnie hooked to the lead. In front, the fave. Kick for the run of the judge by a length on dissolution. Here's Wapatee, an honourable spirit right down the outside. Four of them abreast here. Wapatee, an honourable spirit. Wapatee, honourable spirit. Wapatee in front. Wapatee wins a cup. Wapatee beats home honourable spirit. It's either Lunar Snit or Champagne Arnie. Chocolatier next, then dissolution. Also bearing C from the Back. Further back in the field to Sakudu, May Villa Ruler and Zigaline Stardom bearing C and unbiased at the tail end of the field in 203 96. And he had one bet in Toowoomba Honourable Spirit, but I couldn't begrudge Jack Duncan winning the race with Wapati. What he's been through, uh, that story's been well documented. 
He's a, a good horse, Wobbert. He's a five-year-old now. Doesn't win out of turn. And I suppose sometimes he's been... Well, he's been in the market on a lot of occasions. The only reason he's in the market is because he's got the ability. But uh, he deserved to win a good race, and he won one yesterday. Yeah, and he looked the winner, actually, um, a little way out, I thought. It was a lovely lovely ride by uh, Taylor Marshall, who... Um, you know, he's a good progressive jockey, Taylor. Probably doesn't get the opportunities of, of others, but uh, it's a terrific, terrific moment from him. Uh, another stakes win. Taylor Marshall's one of those jockeys. He's unassuming. He's quiet. He's a good rider from Goodstock, of course. His, his late dad, John, was uh, an outstanding rider. But it's a tough environment here in southeast Queensland, in the metropolitan area. You've got this host of apprentices at the moment really making their market in demand. So it's not easy to get rides, let alone good rides. Yeah, absolutely. What about all these bloody Victorians coming up here? It's little Victoria in the jockey's room. And Sam Collett is now coming over here from uh, New Zealand as well. So it's only going to get stronger. Jack Duncan is with us now. Jack, congratulations. Wapiti deserved to win a good race, as I said, and the Toowoomba Cup's a nice one to sit on the mantle. Oh, definitely. He certainly deserved it, that's for sure, mate. Exactly right. We were just talking about Taylor Marshall. I'm, sh- I'm sure you'd add to that that he, he's a rider who doesn't get a lot of opportunities because it is tough to, 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 to get rides. There are so many good riders here in South East Queensland, but he, he's done everything right on Wapiti for you lately. Yeah, mate. He's, you give him a chance. He, you know, he's, he's good, mate. He, he deserves a chance too, I think, mate. You know? Obviously, Jack, it's, it's well documented. You had that heart scare recently. How was the heart yesterday watching that race? It would, would have been test, tested out, I'm assuming, in the final stages. <laughs> tested a bit, mate, yeah. But and, no, it's all right. Yeah. How is the health, Jack? You, you, you're back fighting fit 100%? Oh, no, not 100%, mate. No, but I'm, I'm certainly improving every day. You know, I'm probably a few, probably could be six months away yet, you know, but certainly getting better every day. Got to take yeah, it. Got to take it steady, yeah. Got to take That's it right. easy. Where, yeah. where that was Wabati's fourth run this time in. What sort of plans have you got for him in the next month or so? Well, it's all Eagle Farm, mate. I don't, we can't run it. Last time we ran in the Eagle Farm, all last prep is jarred up from it, so we can't go take him back to Eagle Farm. So we're more than likely give him a bit of a let up. And <clears throat> all the plans since last year was aiming for that 2400 at the Magic Millions. Mm. Last year we had him in the 1800. It was too short. He was coming home pretty strong. So we thought after that, we said, well, next year we'll aim him. I'll step him up. And after watching him yesterday, I think we will get a bit further out of him. So after yesterday, I'm, I'm sort of looking forward to January with him, mate. And he, he had three runs leading into yesterday, Jack, but they were all at, uh, at Doom. And is it fair to say Doom doesn't really suit him? He likes a, likes a big track, this horse? That's right, mate. It doesn't suit him at all. But, you know, we've got, we haven't got much choice, to be honest, mate. You've got to run up somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we've got no choice. Eh? That's it. Eh? You, you, are, you are running out of options. Look, uh, thanks for being with us this morning. Um, great to see that horse win and great for you as well and good, and good for Taylor. So, Yeah, no, it's good for him, yeah. Good on you, mate. We'll talk soon, eh? Right, mate. Yeah, see you, mate. Yep. Jack Duncan joining us, and yeah, still a fair way to go with Jack in the, in the health stakes. Yeah, absolutely. What about Jack? He's got a horse... He doesn't want to run at Eagle Farm and doesn't see the horse either. So it does, doesn't limit your options. So you know what? Like uh, probably Toowoomba uh, was just a perfect uh, place for him. Yeah. That race that he's uh, talking about in the Magic Millions Carnival, 2,400 metres, um, I must admit I was – not that I did the form on the meeting yesterday, but I, – Why didn't you do the form on the meeting? Because I didn't go there. But didn't you have a bet or – I, I had one bet on Honourable Spirit. It was just I picked it out. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I got it wrong. You've reminded me. Because I, because I thought one of the reasons I was bullish about Honourable Spirit, 
I remember the day Wapiti got run down at 2,000 metres at Dooman by Salamade, and he hasn't really been a horse of mine, but um, as you said, you couldn't begrudge uh, Jack Duncan a win. But that 2,400-metre race at the uh, at the Gold Coast, it's generally not high-powered, It's and it's not a big field. Like last year, that was the race Ballistic Boy was in. I'm trying mm. to remember who won the race. But it's not a high-powered race. It's 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 a, a race that Wapiti could well take a hand in. Well, it's interesting. I mean, his last five starts, the punters loved this horse, even though he hadn't won um, recently until yesterday. Like he was, uh, you know, A few starts ago, 310 into 250, $7 into $5, 310 into 280, 420 into 370. And even yesterday, 420 into 380. So he's a horse that punters really gravitate towards. Let's go to the other feature, the Magic Millions Garden City Guineas. Down to the 550, and it's Keefe in front, leading narrowly. Sato's gal whizzing around the outside, and Whitewater's still there in the centre, so a line of three in the Guineas. Followed then by Bulu, who's now up to fourth, and Red Waver's over on the inside, and they've spaced the rest. Homeward bound, Keefe led the way. Whitewater's up on the outside, and Bulu's still there, coming at the pair. Followed then by Red Wave and Sato's gal. Keefe in front, finding Bulu's up on the outside of it. Bulu surges to to the front, Keefe boxing on, but it's Blue's guinea. Blue raced away to win it by nearly three over Keefe, followed then by Red Wave. Then came Whitewater, further back in the field of Mashani Tulip, Sutto's gals, Sterling Diva. Then came General Wolf back next to last, and Damiani at 139.53. Yes, Blue was the winner. He was would have run a short price favourite at Doomban on Wednesday. Stuart Kendrick uh, took a gamble, decided to scratch him from there to run yesterday, and it was a gamble that paid dividends. Something about this horse, I reckon. Um, you know, it may have only been a, a Toowoomba uh, Guineas, but gee whiz, the way he won was given a nice ride, very powerful. I mean, you'd suggest he'd get over um, a further trip than that, so I reckon Stuart Kendrick's got quite a nice horse on his hands. Yeah, I, I fell in that trap too. It's a she, Bully. You think it's oh, a she? Yeah, right. Bully. I think? do that a lot, you know. I mix up the sex of horses. I, I, I just, you know, I, I call cults fillies and. Mayor's Bulu not... sounds like a male name, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, that's... Bulu. Yeah, okay. You're, cover, you're covering up my mistake. I like this. No, I agree with you. I, I thought it was a, a collar and gelding as well before. <laughs> Nathan X will be of all people pointed it out. Uh, yeah, written tycoon filly, but she, she was she was good. She went from the, the 13.50 to the mile, and she did it impressively. Worth mentioning the other feature race was the Pato Show Plate, first two-year-old race of the season. A Minari Magic was successful. Paul Butterworth trains. Of course, Paul had great success with Capital Gain a few years ago. And this uh, filly, as the name would suggest, is uh, the first crop of Benari, of course, who was a very good horse for Gerald Ryan. Actually ran third to Trapeze Artist in the Golden Rose back four years ago. Yeah, that was... Just off the top of my head. (laughs) I think I'm right. That was a really nice win. And nice to see Paul Butterworth get a a good win. I remember those Capital Gain days. He was very giving of his time to the press and and he gets... uh, up and about and excited when he's got a good horse. So good luck to him. Won a great one, Joe Atkins. What does the day unfold for you? Uh, well, you've asked me. Well, to, how does it unfold? You've asked me to try and help fix your computer. Your computer's apparently on the blink. So I'll give that at least two minutes' work, and then when I can't fix it, I'll probably just leave you in the lurch and I'd go home. Su- I suggest you don't touch it and leave it to the experts <laughs> for tomorrow. But look, best you go out now because we've still got a bit of work to do here. I've got nine races in doom, but <laughs> I've got to try and find the, the listeners some winners. Hey, thanks for this morning. Yep. See you uh, tomorrow on uh, press. Yes, exactly. Press room tomorrow morning, folks, and hope you can join us then.